All right, you're listening to the Mission Uprising podcast. I'm Mitch, and here with Jimmy. Yep. Here we are. And today we're talking about really the history of Mission Uprising. I mean, this whole podcast is about stories and the value and the power of stories. God's story, our story, the the stories we have together as friends, as as people who are are walking this path. Yep, Uh, and we wanted you to know how this thing started, that it started with people, real people with... uh, uh, real stories and real issues and uh, real personalities. So we wanted to give you a little background. Yeah, because as we go forward and we're listening to other people's stories, it's important that you heard ours first. Yep. Yeah. So let's go. Okay. Hey, so the um, Mission Uprising podcast today has to do with, I don't know, let's call it Mission Uprising Origins. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, where did Mission Uprising come from? It, you know, some people have been to our events and they, right. they hear a little bit of the background and the history and stuff. We want to re- throw a re- little reminder out there to those folks. We also want people to know who've never been to an event that we're legit yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent right. anyway. We're not a bunch of weirdos. I mean, we are, but we are. Uh, yeah. um, but that's okay. Let's get the truth out up front. That's right. Um, so Mitch, actually, you were involved before I was. And right. I remember um, you coming to into my small group oh, wow. yeah, with the Wild at Heart book. And you were like, yeah. oh, freaked out. Like, this is the best thing ever. But yeah, would you, I know, <laughs> no, it was hilarious. Um, and I remember thinking, who the heck is this guy? Like, right. why is he busting in? I mean, you're a nice guy. It wasn't anything. We liked you, but it was like, wow, he's super intense about this. Yeah, but why intense. were you so intense? What happened at the very beginning? And yeah. take us back. No, it's interesting. So it was 2001. In 2001, that's a long time ago. It's a long time I ago. I was really, really young then. Yeah, you were. How old are you now? <laughs> <laughs> really, really old now. That was tw- almost 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, so it's been a long time. And um, Nathan was born in 1999. So Nathan was two yeah. years old. Yeah. I just did that math right now. Oh, you are. You should consider, I have, that's why you I have consider paper a different degree <laughs> of uh, or career. So, um, okay, so here's the situation. We were... Um, at my work, we had a Bible study that met on Friday mornings. Uh, Dan Horner and myself, Aaron Wheeler, a couple other guys. And um, our boss, the owner of our company, Chuck Morgan, his daughter was at the Focus on the Family Institute in Colorado. And her professor was none other than John Eldridge. Um, and John was, um, I think he was our counseling professor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he had, he had written Wild at Heart, at least was in the process of... Um, getting it published and she got an early copy of it um, because she said, Oh, my dad, I really like this. And he gave it to Dan and we had it in our, we had a little Bible study that met at a Einstein's brothers and Carmel. And we went through it and we were just drawn in. I mean, it felt like, you know, you had a lot of different Bible studies that we went through, but nothing that really spoke to our hearts as guys as much as this did. And as we went through it, it was, um, it was appealing, but it was also drawing out some really serious stuff in our hearts. It was um, it was interesting. It was adventure, so just really different. And um, and then Chuck invited us to go to um, one of John's first boot camps in Colorado. What's and a, what a boot it? camp? So yeah, so boot camp Wild of Heart, this book, he he created a boot camp to go and um, have guys walk through 
the journey of of the story that he wrote in Wild at Heart, mm-hmm. of uh, coming alive, really finding your true self, your true heart, that God had a bigger story for you. Um, so much of what um, we wanted to be drawn into, you know, we really felt like that church and and Christianity was uh, it, it just didn't have the flavor um, that we wanted as guys of of adventure and of of something bigger, of something of greater importance. Even though it did, we just didn't feel it. And so in Colorado, John uh, put on a boot camp. Several hundred guys went to it. Hmm. Um, uh, Seven, several hundred guys went to the first one. Went to the first boot camp. Yeah, shows you how like really hungry people were for that. Yeah, and the book had come out. Yeah. So you know by this time the book was out. It was it had, it was a real hit. People were paying attention to it. It got a lot of press, and um, and we went to the boot camp. So we go, and it was just right there for us. You know, it spoke, um, one, it was like, Hey, look, there's something you're being invited into. They were using movie clips that we really like, you know, the brave hearts and the gladiator. I mean, these are all things Mm -hmm. that we really like. We're in Colorado. We're in the mountains. We're seeing, you know, we're just drawn in as guys. The rubber was meeting the road. The rubber was meeting the road. It was our story. Who were the the guys that went went with you again? Most of the executive team of our company Mm -hmm. were on the trip. And then uh, Dan and myself and Aaron, we were rooming together. Uh, Aaron Wheeler, uh, Dan Horner, and me, Mitch Davis, and um, and then all of us were out there uh, at the boot camp, going through the sessions, listening to the clips. You know, and and he did a couple of things that were really different. One was he used the movie clips as part of it. Mm-hmm. The other thing was he asked you to go out and take alone time with God. Okay. And before you would then go back and process whatever it was that he was talking about. And I just remember sitting out on the side of this mountain in silence, listening hmm. and thinking, uh, when are you going to speak? <laughs> and there was nothing. That's not what I thought you were going to say. There was nothing. And so I sat there forever and I'm like looking around at the other guys that are sitting on the side of this mountain and they're all kind of looking I thought around. you were going to say you heard like the booming voice. You move fossils, boy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that way. You know, I came back I've down. Been, no, no, I've been no. in that experience. I've had that experience where I've waited on God and been like, yeah, where are you? That was it. Or am I going to hear anything? I yeah. had this field manual right here yep. in front of me. And I remember opening it up with those questions. And So um, the field manual, in case people can't see, is a uh, probably can't. Is a companion book to, to Wild at Heart uh, book. And it allows you to, it asks questions and you can, you can fill in the blanks and just um, make it a personal journey. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and John wrote in the front of this, it says, Mitch, welcome to the front lines. God chose you for this. We need you. I'll see you on the beach. And they used the, um, you know. No beaches the, of Normandy kind yeah, of. Yeah, the whole thing was that, you know, you were called for some, for the big battle, the bigger battle. It's like, wow, I'm called into something larger, larger yeah, that's, story. That's pretty cool. And so, um Eventually, after sitting in um, this quiet for a while, then things started to come up. Mm-hmm. And they started to boil to the surface, and I'm writing them down. I was like, okay, is this it? Is this God? Is this what you're doing? And the stuff just kept rolling. Um, and, and do you, the remember, be- do you oh. remember some of the things that came up for you? Yeah, I think, I think it was that um, you're walking through this life right now, and you're just home to work, work to home. You're kind of in the, you're kind of in the grind. Right. And I think what I wrote was, God wants me to come alive. He mm-hmm. wants me, the, the real me, um, to show up. And I, my question was, 
I don't really know who the real me is. Hmm. You know, I've just become this person. And so, the, and it was like, I want to discover that. I want to figure out who that person is. I want to, um, but and, and to me, it was figure it out. Yeah. More so than it was God guide me at that okay. point. Yeah. So, you know, there's gotcha. a process that goes through the whole thing. So anyway, um, and, and this is the, the two moments of that weekend. I want to move forward into where Mission Uprising has come from there was one, we're driving our rental car up the side of Mount Princeton. I'm giggling because I've heard this story before, but you <laughs> yeah. need to tell it. And in front of us is this suburban that's about to go over the side because he's just taking every corner and it's like up on two wheels, like a little cartoon bus. And I'm like, who are those guys in front of us? And we get up to the top and the doors open and the smoke rolls out. <laughs> And it's not, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound very, so these guys step out and it's John and his guys with their cigars Mm -hmm. and they're laughing and talking to each other. And just, you could tell they're best buds, right? And they walk around the back of the, of their suburban. And then we get out of our car and, uh, um, and we're like, wow, these guys are real. And they, yeah. they like motion for us to come over and we go over and we're standing up on top of the mountain looking off into the distance with yeah, them. Yeah, so prior to this, how many guys had you ever seen uh, Christian guys hanging around smoking cigars and never um, enjoying the wilderness? Yeah, never. <laughs> I mean, that was Zero. the last thing that I would think yeah. I would ever see. And it drew me in because I was like, wow, they're real. Mm-hmm. These are real guys. Yep. And so you know, aside from that moment with God that continued throughout the weekend and the movie clips that related to me were real guys that were being real guys. They were adventuring, you know, in the break, they're driving their truck up the side of the mountain to go and explore. Yeah. And while they're up there, they're smoking a cigar and being goofy and laughing with each other. And we could do the same thing. So they invited us and I have a picture. Yeah. Of you've seen it. I've seen it. Of all of us standing there. And and we were, we were just drawn in. So that was thing one. I remember, you know, looking at that picture, I know it's not, one of the things I always think about people worrying about the mission uprising stuff from, it's not about machismo. It's not about yeah. like being macho and um, Rambo and, and cool and stuff. Um, I mean, there's a place for doing man things, guy, right. things that guys like to do. But I remember the thing about that picture is that the, the environment is beautiful. Yeah. You guys, I think went up there, you know, cigars aside, you know, hairpin turns aside when the dust settled, the sunset was yeah. unbelievable in the Colorado mountains. And there's a picture of Aaron at some point where it's just, there's an, uh, there's some, so it wasn't about, it was about what God was doing, you know? So, you know, to use the quote, the, the glory of God is man fully alive. Mm-hmm. And we were fully alive when we were on top of that mountain. Mm-hmm. I remember walking across to the, there's a cross on the top of Mount Princeton and we're standing up there just looking off into the distance. And I just, we're all like, wow, mm-hmm. this is incredible. And we're together. Our buddies, we're all together in yeah. that place. And t- to some degree, um, it was like, wow, these guys are inviting us into doing life together and walking this path and being guys. We're not in the church making coffee. Not that that's bad, but we're actually living life the way we would dream it to be. I've had some really, really bad church coffee. Oh, yeah. I've made some of that. Maxwell oh, House. Ooh. Good to the last drop, right? Isn't it? We've secretly replaced. Um, 
<laughs> there were several brands in that. Yeah. Club. So anyway, whatever it was, um, we're not sponsored by Maxwell House. <laughs> right. Can you maybe, imagine? Maybe someday. Sponsored by Maxwell House Coffee. Um, so anyway, then we come back down, we go through the weekend, and we're standing out behind the place, with the cabin we were staying in, and we're talking to John. And we said, this is incredible, but, you know, we can't, we have a lot of people back home. We'd love to have this opportunity. How, how can we offer this to them? Because they're not going to all be able to fly out to Colorado. Right. And he said, take all my stuff and go back and create outposts for the kingdom. He said, I don't want to do this all the time. He said, I want you to, he said, this is not my story. He said, all it really is, it's a story of God. It's the Bible. It's the message Jesus has offered us. But mm -hmm. I've just shaped it into a way that guys can relate to it. Yeah, it's not about John and, and their their ministry called Ransomed Heart. The interesting thing about um, Ransomed Heart, they still do it that way. They still they do it that way. They they still don't, you know, there's there's disclaimers on the website that are like, look, we don't want to make this into a huge, you right. know, multi, no. whatever ministry we want it to be um, just out here. And if you guys want to duplicate it, go for it. And they want to reach, the, their, their point is you can only reach the guys that you can reach. Like the people that you have a relationship with are the closest ones are the ones that you'll be able to reach. Mm -hmm. And we could come back to our home in Indiana and reach the guys that were here. Yeah, so what, what, did, did. what happened after you brought the book back and invaded my... Yeah, that was, that was step one. So we started with a, you know, a couple of small groups of guys walking through the story, just kind of walking through the book, sitting mm -hmm. around. Um, and that was interesting. And, um, but it wasn't really the same experience. You know? So we're like, okay, we want to do more. Um, so we went to another boot camp. We went back out to Colorado. Mm. We went to a second boot camp, and while we were there, we were we took a, more guys with us, different guys that we were walking and doing life with, and came back and said, "You kind of take notes while you're there on yeah, how we could let's do, do this. this thing, yeah, mm. how to, and, you know, and which movie clip and what minutes, and you know, mm -hmm. John was giving all this stuff freely to us, or their team was, you know, yeah. um, and um. Craig and Bart and the whole team was just giving, uh, answering any questions that we had. So anyway, we came back and we did a, a first boot camp mm -hmm. with like 24 guys. I think it was 24. Um, and just kind of walked through the process, broke up into the, we broke up into groups. They didn't break up into groups. So, but what we saw was this is working. People are being drawn into this. We could do more. Right. And these guys said, Hey, I want to invite my friends. And so we're like, okay, let's do another one. And we went to a bigger camp and we invited more people. And I think, um, that's what happened. Just more and more guys kept coming. We got better at what we were doing. Yeah. We learned, um, as we were walking through the journey ourselves, you know, we, we go and do the event and then go back to our cabin and walk through the process as we were sharing about it, right? Yeah. We're walking it through at the same time. And no, that's right. I mean, that's, that's in about a couple, in a couple that's years into in. that is when I came into the picture. Um, I actually came in as a, just a musician. I was trying to raise support for beyond camps crusade staff. That's and right. I was literally just looking for people to raise support from. And it was, it seemed, here's a bunch of guys that, you know, are doing ministry and, or whatever. i maybe I can hit them up for some regular cash. Um, 
that didn't happen. But what did happen was I uh, was invited to come. Uh, oh, I remember it was uh, Bob. I met with Bob Kaler. Oh yeah, for the first it was the first time I ever met him, and he there's uh, a lot of us he was on, together, right? He was on the board of Campus Crusade of the um, local keynote keynote thing, yeah. and anyway, uh, he said, "Well, I don't know about um, you know how much money you can raise, but these if you want to do music, you can you know call Dan Horner, call these guys, and you can figure out how to get in there and and help them out if you want." And I was yeah. like, "I don't want to help. I just want to raise support." I didn't say that to him, but anyway. But I, I got, I can't started, I came to one of the, worked it out with one of the guys right. that I could come to the thing, wouldn't have to pay <laughs> if I did a concert on Saturday night. Right. And that worked for me because in the, in the, at the concert, <clears throat> I did a bunch of my songs that I'd written and then I kind of issued an invitation for people to support me. If and you had your to. CDs. Yeah, and I had CDs and stuff to sell. So anyway, that's how I got involved. But then all of a sudden I started getting I started, you know, it wasn't a, all about me. I was starting to listen to the message and and what and and almost simultaneously um there was I can't remember exactly what year, but um I started to go see a counselor just mm-hmm. for stuff I wanted to deal with in my life. And um not 3 weeks into the counseling stuff, this guy pulls Waking the Dead out from under his another John chair. Eldridge book. Yeah, which is in a lot of ways, the same message, but that's the book I started with was Waking the Dead. And Waking the Dead has um, words in it that I'll never, I'll never forget. It talks Mm. about, you know, your heart coming alive. It talks about, I mean, you know, we're talking about your heart coming alive, waking the dead. That's the whole idea of it. Mm. Um, So we won't get into the whole book, but like, that's what really cemented it for me. And I started it, I, you know, the guy, my counselor said, you know, what we're going to do, what we want to do is work on both your heart and the practical stuff in your life, yeah. you know, cause things aren't working very well at home and, but there's reasons for it that are in the background. So we want to work on both of those things and waking the dead worked on my heart. And, you know, my counselor guy, Rick would remind me to, you know, do the things that I needed to do that my wife had reminded me that I would forget, you know, and stuff. And it was just uh, and super helpful. I think John, the beauty of what Ransomed Heart has done over the years since Wild at Heart. And he had written several books uh, with Brent Curtis Mm -hmm. um, prior to that. But since that point, Ransomed Heart has written in a lot of ways to reach a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Um, And Waking the Dead did that for you. But um, Captivating, which John and Stacy wrote together, his wife, Stacy Eldridge, reached the hearts of women. Yep. And... um, and so many of these different iterations of God's story appeal to different people. And so yeah. it's not that Mission Uprising or Ransomed Heart is not all about this machismo, like you said, guys adventuring in yeah, one no. particular way. It's a multitude of different ways of reaching people with the story of Christ. And yeah. that's what's so beautiful about it. Because everybody wants something more. You know, we talked about that. Yeah. Journey so, of Desire is a big one. I, oh, yeah. I never, I haven't read the whole book, but I've read so many excerpts from it. Journey of Desire is all about, you know, what are the desires of your heart? And everybody assumes that they're bad. Right. You know, we think, well, you know, we just go back to that place where we're like, oh, you know, I'm a worthless scumbag because I, you know, I want things and I'm, I can be gluttonous and I can be selfish and I right. have a tendency to be a control freak and that kind of stuff. Those are not your core desires. Your core desires are deeper, right. um, that book says. And I love that because it has, it has nothing to do with men, women, whatever. It's everyone. 
What are your core desires? Your core desires go back to the Garden of Eden, and they're good. We should talk about that in the podcast at some point. It's really powerful stuff. Well, and I, because it is a journey, the other thing people say is, and, and this happened a lot with Mission Uprising as we move forward into the next phases of what happened with our organization, is that people think, I went to that already. I went to that Mission Uprising thing, went to that boot camp. Yeah. And the reality is, is this is a journey. I mean, nearly 20 years into this, I'm still on this journey. And 20 years from now, God willing, I'll still be on this journey. Yeah. Of figuring out what I desire, what God desires are that are written on my heart, but also um, the desire to offer that to other people mm-hmm. um, and invite other people into it as as in the discipleship journey. And so that's what it's really about. And so as we continued to grow and Mission Uprising grew and you became a part of it, one of the things that happened, more and more guys were coming into it, but then our son said, we want to go to camp, Right. Mm. And the boys were super excited about it. Um, and let me back up for just a second. One of the things that we did before we got into this is that um, a couple of us guys took a journey. We, we went on an adventure and went on a fishing trip in Canada. Oh, you guys did. I didn't go. Yeah. there were. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the thing I, I would say about that. We never would have done that. Right. We never would have, as a group of guys, walked that path of just getting away from everything and really just and the rat race and everything. Yeah, living it out together, sitting and watching the sunset in Canada and fishing all day long. And, um, uh, and my wife did not see that as a positive thing at the time. Right. Um, and, and I went about it in the wrong way um, because it happened very quickly and we had little kids at home. But here's what I would tell you is that that experience of, of, of getting away from things and having that awakening experience of viewing life through a different lens than the one that I was used to mm-hmm. as a business leader. Which, really, what? Go ahead, go ahead. But it caused us to connect at a different level as guys mm-hmm. and caused me to view life through a different lens. Yeah, which I, I was going to say is, in my mind, is really ironic because the whole thing started with your, your corporate boss saying, yeah. hey, you guys should check this out. It's true. I just think it's funny. I, I, and, you know, all of that's changed. Everything's different now. But um, the whole the whole thing started where, you know, it started from that place where you guys were all so in the, you know, in the business world and just... Being validated by it, defined by it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it, it, you know, the boss said, hey, try this. And it kind of, yeah. wait a minute, maybe we should Comes be thinking about other things. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I want to throw that out there. But then our sons wanted to do it, and we started father-son camp with mm-hmm. just a small group of boys shooting BB guns, and we didn't know what we were doing, and then that grew. And um, so we formed a 501c3 because we needed to handle that, so we had a, a not-for-profit. So mm-hmm. Mission Uprising became a reality at that point yep. and uh, as, as a ministry. And we're just a group of guys. Some of us were in the home-building industry. Some of us were in other businesses. You were a musician. And, mm-hmm. um, and then from that, our daughters wanted to do something. Because, and we started a father-daughter camp, um, and that grew. I mean, we just came back from father-daughter camp last weekend. How many people were there? 190? 192, I think. So many So every time, girls. it just keeps growing and growing and being it was consistent. so loud. Yeah. But how do you reach people? <laughs> it's, there's something about, one, a guy's heart coming alive that allows him to be a better dad. Yeah. That allows him then to be a better husband and a better uh, boss or employee. Mm-hmm. friend, all of that. And so it went through the family thing. And then 
uh, not long after that, some of the girls went out to one of Stacy's uh, retreats, the captivating retreat, um, and came back on fire. I remember my wife, we were in Orlando at Disney World. Yeah. She flew in from Disney World. The kids and I were already there with some other people for Mission Uprising. And as I recall, Julie was not super excited about this thing or she it was kind of like she was was she nervous about going or was it more of like I, I don't know if this is going to be any good she was nervous about going because she didn't want to leave her responsibility the duty and obligation that a woman feels for home yeah um and the the guilt of leaving that yeah to go away for a couple of days even so it was a miracle that she kind that of she would go and would she go. had to be invited by the right person just like everyone else who comes you have to be invited by the right person and when she went, she came back, and I remember being late at night. We picked her up, and she was up talking to me about this all night. I mean, till five in the morning. Oh my! She was so on fire, and up until that point, she had no interest in this. She's like, "This is just another reason for you and your guys to go right. and hang out in the woods." <laughs> and we are always looking for ways to go and hang out in the woods. I cannot. I mean, yeah. we do like to hang out together and fish and do whatever we do. But yeah. the point was, it was changing our hearts. And as that continued, I stayed on that path. Thank you, Lord, and all my friends for keeping me on that path, right? Mm-hmm. In spite of it. And then as she went and, and saw this and really came alive, she came back and she said, I do not like women. I do not want to do this, but I am called to this. Ugh. And we That's have to do the same thing about. for it was women. kind of like the calling was uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I think it oftentimes is, right? Yeah. So anyway, she came back and she lit up and a group of the women um, all put on a, um, what they call the well mm-hmm. here, just like what we do with uh, the boot camp. In fact, one's coming up in a couple of weeks for us, but, um, and, uh, and that's, that took off. And so that kind of arrived us at this place where um, this ministry grew it made it became a lot of different things and that's where you know mission uprising then has added since then we started taking people on these home builds that we've done we've done outposts in other places yep um arizona kona all this stuff i mean yeah. um north carolina so that's another interesting overseas yeah the julian they did a well in um, to, in kenya in kenya to the women the Maasai tribe there. We need to talk about that stuff in another yeah, podcast. Another, that's, that's the whole a thing. a lot of it? other information, right? <laughs> but yeah, those are all the branches. I mean, it's really spread. In the midst of all this, um, a group of our guys, you know, the housing market collapsed and about half of our team moved to North Carolina. Yeah, so this is a, this is a really hard thing for me. When I, so I started to come, you know, a couple of years after you guys got back from, the second boot camp and all that stuff out in Colorado and started mm-hmm. this thing and started doing my music and all that stuff. But the thing was that with what was really happening to me was I, I didn't really have any close friends. Um, we had come out to Indiana in 1999 and we had some work relationships and things, but you guys were like the first group of men that I'd ever met that I really started to, and we started to, we were talking about real stuff. We're doing real stuff. We're having cool experiences together. We were risking things. I mean, we were doing gut checks with Sharek and we were doing these things in the woods where, you know, it was like these cool um, orienteering events. Um, I was doing things that I'm not a risk taker, but I was doing the zip line and I was doing some of the activities and shooting guns and stuff out there. Anyway. Yeah. And, 
what happened was, unbeknownst to me, I started to kind of fall in love with all you guys. I, really, yeah. I was like, these are my friends. These are my dear friends. And I, I remember driving up to um, the cabin one time for, for what we affectionately call man camp. And um, I saw all the, all of those guys, you included, in the kind of in the cabin together, milling around, talking, joking. And I stopped. I stopped on the, on the little sidewalk that was going up to the cabin and I just looked. I just watched. And I was like, I love each one of these guys. Like they're special. Each one of, I mean, in a lot of ways, they're, <laughs> they're special. Um, but I was looking at each guy, you know, John Yaden and Dan Horner and you and Chris Stater. And I just went through each one and I was like, each one of these guys has a, an incredible part in my life and in my story. Mm. Cause we would stay, you know, there were years where we sat around and we just talked and smoked cigars of our own and, and sat around and shared fishing. deep things and yeah. but we did things we went fishing and i caught way more fish than you did not really and um <laughs> but that was a turning point for me emotionally what i didn't know was in a year or two all of those guys would uh because the housing industry went down the toilet um and dan horner kind of headed up this group that we're going to start a new company you know said so we're going to start right. a new company and the only place we really can do that viably is out in on the east coast so they moved 12 hours away and all of a sudden all those relationships were far away almost all of them just the two of us (laughs) well it was (laughs) and and there's maybe and john i think at the time was still with us yeah so that was a man that was a that was a topsy-turvy that was a roller coaster emotionally for me those couple of years i think at any organization or any situation we, we went through a lot of turmoil Mm-hmm. at that time and you know several things happened that made us say what does this look like moving forward and um how do we operate mm-hmm. and we had to really reform uh, yep. and say how, how what's the team look like and the guys were down in north carolina and they tried a boot camp down there and it wasn't super great and we were trying to figure it out and we didn't quite have the whole team and it took a little time yeah um kind of like life we run into a a pretty challenging situation and we had to fight through it. We had to fight through it for something that was really important to our lives. But I think it strengthened Mission Uprising in a significant way. We have a new a group of guys here now for the last, what, eight or nine years, almost nine years, that have been running Mission Uprising here. Yeah. The guys in North Carolina now do two outposts a year. Yeah. We just did our first well down there earlier this year. Um, and we went to their boot camp last year and it was just incredible yeah. reunion of all of us walking this path. And it was like no time had passed. Yeah. So what Mitch is talking about, we went to, um, we went out to North Carolina just because it was, it was encouraging yeah. in a lot of ways to watch their thing grow, even though our dear friends were far away yeah. um, and doing other stuff. Their mission was to continue this thing where they were. And that was cool. Um, so just last year, you and I drove out there with another guy and, and just experienced what they are doing what they were doing and yeah. it was it was great it was a great reunion and it was a great time to see how you know things are growing there and god works all things for, for good and, and and we felt that yep and even though the challenges of those relationships not being with us every day are still still live yeah and it was one of those things where i always kind of i i discount that whole well we can just pick up from where we left off you know every time we see each other we just kind of it's like we never left and right Yes, that's true. 
No, I don't like it. There's loss. You know, John always <laughs> says life's a series of, of losses. uncomfortable goodbyes. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's that's there. Um, so that's what I was going to say. I mean, it's it, that's true. And yet I did feel that sense of mm. this is good. It's still good. These are still my brothers and I really love them. And um, so we need to do, we need to get out there more. Mm. Actually, we're going to go visit a little bit, but. That message of all things new um, that we have to stay focused on. We'll talk about that in another. Yeah, um, that's true. We sprouting a whole lot of other ideas. ideas that we have for so, future podcasts. But here that, that arrives us at today. I mean, this year for the first time, we did 10 home builds in Mexico under the Mission Uprising umbrella mm-hmm. to share this story, maybe in a more brief, sort of the epic version of it with people in another country experiencing something significant. And we'll talk about that at another time. Mm-hmm. But that gets us to today as we're looking forward at Mission Uprising in the future. And this podcast really a part of that looking forward. Yep. That's cool. It's great to hear your story about the beginnings of it. Um, it's interesting to kind of go through it and look at how, you know, there's a little, there's drama in the middle. I mean, it's truly an epic story after 20 years. It's kind of uh, kind of a novel of, of things and characters and things that have happened. Um, but it's gotten us to where we are now. Um, none of us, I think, is um, saying, I don't want any more of this. <laughs> mm. You know, and we've got, well, we'll have to introduce, as we do the podcast more and more, we'll have to introduce some of the guys, other guys on the team, Rob and Drew and Matt and, and Paul, and just kind of get everybody uh, out here and around the table so we can talk. I think there are a lot of things for us to discuss. Yeah, a lot more coffee to drink. Great. So I guess going forward, like the future of Mission Uprising is the stories, like what we were just talking about, there's so many more people whose stories we've heard that we've been a part of uh, over over this time that we want to invite people into. We want people to be able to hear. We want to be able to share how do we see that unfolding in the future? And that's what this podcast is really designed to do, right? Yep. And so um, that, that's what we hope for. That, that's what we want to offer. Um, there, there's more for Mission Uprising moving forward, um, but I think it's been shaped significantly by that story that you just heard, you know, by, by the path that we've walked. Mm-hmm. And we've been refined in some to some degree um, to realize that we're just getting started. Yep. And the future of Mission Uprising is in the the lives and the stories of the men and women and kids who are just experiencing it now. Yeah. So we want to hear their stories and we're going to share those. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. <laughs>